brand new with us today, can we just clap and welcome you? Thanks for being here today. Thanks for checking us out. I hope this will be a church you can call home, a place that you can belong. Um, and be, you know, simply fill out a connect card. Man, we'd love to get connect with you. And so let's go to John chapter 3, uh, verse 22 through 30. And uh, I love this. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and Jesus remained there with his disciples, and he was baptizing. He was baptizing. Jesus was dunking people, all right? He was baptizing uh, in, in, in the Judean countryside. But John the Baptist was also baptizing because the water was plentiful where he was at, and people were coming there and being water baptized. So Jesus is, being, is, is baptizing people, and John the Baptist is baptizing people. Who would you pick? Come on, somebody, right? And, and so then they came to John the Baptist, like it's in his name, right? They came to John the Baptist and they said, Rabbi, this means teacher, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, Jesus, look, he's baptizing and they're all going to him, <sighs> right? You think it's today? Like this is their Instagram, by the way. Like they're all going to that place? Like why aren't they here it, it, with you, John the Baptist? Did you copyright your name, John the Baptist? You know, is it Jesus the Baptist? You know, and so uh, John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. Unless it is given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness, bear me witness that I said, I'm not the Christ. That is not me. This is who I am. I'm not the Christ, but I've been sent before him. I'm the one who prepared the way. I prepared the way. I'm the one who baptized Jesus. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this is huge if you want to be a healthy human. Therefore, the joy of mine is now complete. I did what I was supposed to do, and I am who I am, and I am here to support Jesus, and my joy is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, and I must decrease. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this message. Father, help us to put on not just our, our, our learning caps this morning, but Father, I pray we open up our hearts. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Change us forever that we understand that healthy means whole. So Jesus, make us whole in you. So God, I thank you that in about four minutes, the Chicago Bears are going to beat the Texans. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And all those guys who stayed home to watch football, I pray their team loses. Just loses. Your team's going to win because you're here. Amen. So uh, about, what is it, uh, 2002, I went to Bible college, and I moved from North, North Dakota to North Carolina. And uh, when I moved to uh, Bible college, I also interned for an evangelist. And so I would travel with evangelists. And so I've been preaching since uh, 2002, uh, kind of accidentally, uh, because I used to uh, kind of learn how to preach from my youth pastor, and I was terrible, all right? Maybe I still am, but I think I'm okay, okay? And so I would preach, and I used to uh, hold my notes up and preach like this. I mean, the five and five that we hear, have five communicators in five minutes in Avenue, they're light years ahead. I mean, they are phenomenal uh, communicators. And, and but when I first started preaching, I was literally like, Good morning, everyone. And in North Dakota, no one talked back because it was like disrespectful. Here we talk back. Amen? 
Amen. We talk back here. Because your pastor is deaf. I need some help. You know. And so I used to preach like this and just be like, and so in Psalms 51, 10 through 13, it says, create in me a pure heart. And some pastors do that, and that's fine. But for me, I was just a good servant. And, and so I, I went and joined this evangelist. And I remember he had me preach for like Sunday, Sunday school, uh, youth Sunday school, adult Sunday schools. And, and that was like church before church. You know, they do that. And so I would be preaching, and it was terrible. I mean, it was just like, it was just not good. And uh, people weren't engaged. People would leave. I'd be like, are you going? Where are you going? You know? And I remember, you know, we're trying to learn how to preach and things like that. And I remember we had about a 45-minute car ride to a Christian school in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Fayetteville, North Carolina. And, uh, and so at the school, we were all, we all going to preach uh, our little sermons, kind of like five and five, to the Christian school. Well, it was kind of notorious that this Christian school was a little tougher, you know, like, like, like preachers didn't like to go there, things like that. It was a tough school. Kids would look at you and be like, I know my Bible, you know, Greek and Hebrew, you know, and so it was intimidating. And so I remember in the car, I'm going over my message, and I'm, I wasn't driving, I was in the back seat, and I was just reading through it. I was, you know, it's just like, I hope I do good and things like that. And I remember, boom, the Holy Spirit just, just speaks to me. On the inside, the Holy Spirit, and we were learning that and rooted. And so it just spoke to me on the inside, and the Holy Spirit said, Jeremy, you're funny. And I was like, well, thank you, you know, like, <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit. And he goes, he said, no, you're funny, use it, it's your gift. You're funny, use it, it's your, it's your gift. And I remember going like, what in the world does that mean? You know, like, like I was funny all the time, right? I was, uh, you know, just a, you know, a hilarious individual, but then when I got into the pulpit, I was a different individual. I was, I, was, I was trying to fit what I, was, what I thought I was supposed to be. And so I remember in the car, and I got there, and all of a sudden they changed it. They said, okay, no sermons, just tell your testimony. And Jeremy, you're first. And I was like, no sermons, you know, like, tell my testimony. Like, never drank, smoked, never, you know, like, like just all these, like, my testimony's boring. And I remember I got up on that stage, and I just began to share. I was deaf. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I, was born, uh, I was born healthy. And then when I was uh, 18 months old, I had spinal meningitis. And that's like a kick killer disease. And after spinal meningitis, I, was, I had a coma for three days. But on the third day, I rose again like my Savior. Right? And they're all like, ha! They're laughing. I was like, they think it's funny. You know, and then I, I was like, but from 18 months old till I was about three years old, my parents, nobody, and then it was the 80s. No one did a hearing test on this baby boy. So my parents didn't even know I was deaf, but spinal meningitis took away my hearing, 60% deaf, 100% deaf. And so from 18 months to three years old, I got beat all the time. My boy don't listen to me, you know, like... And they're laughing and all these things. If I'm telling jokes, I'm like, I got a D and I got all D's in high school, D for deaf, you know, and telling all that. And they're laughing and it's crazy. And then all of a sudden, I lead them to Jesus. And, the, and Christian kids raising their hands. It's just because you're in Christian school, right? Just because you're a car in the garage, you know what I mean? Like, just because you're in a car, just because you're in a garage doesn't mean you're a car. I remember that from 11 a.m., right? But they gave their life to Jesus. And I remember walking out of there going, wow, I thought I was restricted. I thought I was restricted. I, I thought I, I had to be something else when really that God gave me the gift of limits. The gift of limits. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message today is Limited, Not Restricted. Limited, not restricted. Now, somebody in this room is going, Pastor Jeremy, it's the same word. Bear with me just for a minute, all right? But I was limited, but I wasn't restricted. Just because I had a handicap doesn't mean God wasn't going to use me. 
Just because you might have a limitation doesn't mean God's going to use that limitation for his praise and his glory. It doesn't mean that God is just going, oh no, I screwed up. He wasn't supposed to get sick. I'm just going to discard him. I'm limited, not restricted. And I love what John the Baptist says. John the Baptist says, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it was given to him from heaven. Now, am I saying this, this hard of hearing was given to me from heaven? I, no, I don't believe that, but I also believe that God will use anything. He'll use anyone. And so someday, God's going to heal me when he's most glorified. It's probably going to happen if I'm preaching, a small child touches my ears, he could, you know, I get healed. We're canceling service. I'm doing a Jericho march. We're playing Marco Polo immediately after service. All right? Immediate. Like Marco, ah! I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win. Please let me win. These will be training wheels when they, when they work. But he says, I'm not the Christ, but I have been sent. Really, John the Baptist is saying, I'm limited, but I'm, I'm not restricted. I'm limited, but I'm not restricted. Let me explain this furthermore. The core mark of an emotionally healthy disciple, and this is, this is our whole goal for this Healthy Human series, is a deep theological and practical understanding of limits. Without that, we severely compromise our ability. We compromise our ability to love God and to love ourselves and others over the long haul. I love this. Limits are necessary because when we surrender to them, we acknowledge that we are not God. We are not, John Baptist said, I'm not God. That's his job. I'm, I, I'm doing what I'm called to do. God is God and we are not. Instead, we accept that we are his creatures. We surrender. We surrender to our true identity and we crucify our false identity. We put on and we put off and we surrender to the reality that he alone is in charge of the world. Friends, I'm here to encourage you today that limits are spiritual. Limits are spiritual. The things in your life that you feel like you're boxed in. The area in your life where you're going, oh, if I could just be, if I could just have, if, if this could just take place in my life. Now, in Genesis chapter 2, we see, and we learned this a lot in our boundaries series, uh, what is that, last year, right? In our boundaries series last year. Remember the picket fences all over the place? And I encourage you to watch that entire uh, collection of talks. But we learned that in Genesis chapter 2, God had some limits put in place. Now, Genesis chapter 2, this is before sin entered into the world. This was a perfect place. And the Lord God commanded the man, Adam, saying, you, shall, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but here's the limitation, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in, it, for in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, he's not talking about like eat it and fall down, you're dead like the, you know, the witch in Snow White, you know. But he's saying you will surely die. And he's, he's talking about you will lose some freedom. You, you begin to, you'll, you'll have to die on this earth so you can get into heaven. And there's so much I can unpackage that. But I want you to know that when we step outside our limits, we're acting like God. We're acting like God. When we step outside of who we are, we're acting like God. And we see this because Adam and Eve, they know their limitations. They're, they're limited, but obviously not restricted. They could eat of any tree. They, can, they had dominion over all the animals. I mean, uh, so much dominion that Adam naming them left and right, you know, like weird names and, like, you know, stuff like that, cool names and, and, and so all these things. But then the serpent comes, and the serpent was pretty crafty, and, and he went to Eve, and he said, did God actually say, 
Did God actually say that's a limitation? Like, did God actually say that this is who you are? Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, uh, neither you touch it nor you die. But then the serpent said, you will not die, for God surely knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. You will be like him. Instead, I mean, think about the serpent talking to John the Baptist. Saying, you know what? You should be upset he's doing that. He's taking your job. You should be doing what he's doing. And, and the crowd should be following you and not him. You shall surely die. And you'll, you'll, your eyes, you won't die, but your eyes will be opened. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. What he's really saying is God is limiting you when you should be unlimited. You should be unlimited restricted. You should be, but, but if we're healthy humans, we say, I have limits, and my God is limitless. This is healthy. This is whole. If I have limits, I have limits, and my God is limitless. This is not like a good, like, like, like if I did a TED Talk, right? Hi, I'm Jeremy, and I stay in my TED Talk dot, and say, hey, I'm Jeremy, and I have limits, you know? That is not a very uh, a driving, happy type message, Welcome to healthy humans, you know. But I love this, but if we embrace our limitations, we embrace that we don't have the abilities, capacities, or callings of others. I am me, this is where I, right? This is where I end, this is where you begin. But this is who I am. I remember um, way back that whole preaching fiasco. I was in high school, and in high school every year, my church did a Scrooge play. Scrooge. I mean, no Scrooge, right? The Christmas, Christmas story, Christmas, whatever it is. Yeah, Scrooge. We call it Scrooge. And uh, I remember I loved acting. I loved imp- improvisation. You know, I loved dramas and stuff like that. Human videos, you know, like, like I'm Jesus. And then you're like, I'm the devil, you know. And uh, you'll get that later if you grew up in church, sorry. And I love drama, things like that. Never did drama in high school, but did it in church. And I remember I wanted to try out for Tiny Tim. It was funny because I was still like 200 pounds, you know. <laughs> I won't be Tiny Tim, you know. And so I wanted to try out for Tiny Tim. And, and so for the first portion, we had to act. And so I had my lines and, and it, you know, I began to do my lines, things like that. And, and then did that pretty well. And then all of a sudden the worship pastor said, come on over here. And he went to the piano and he said, here's a microphone in front of a 3,000 seat auditorium. It wasn't fully packed, but most of the cast members were there. And he said, now it's time for you to sing. And I said, oh, excuse me? <laughs> what, what? And he said, time for you to sing. And I was like, Tiny Tim sings? And he's like, yes. Like I was dumb. You're like, yeah, Tiny Tim sings, you know. And so he said, uh, uh, he goes, sing Amazing Grace. And I'm, I'm deaf. Deaf people don't hear nothing. We don't hear tones and things like that. So he gave me the microphone. I was literally like, amazing grace. How? It was horrible. It was, it was catastrophic. And can I tell you, I'm so glad I didn't get the part of Tiny Tim. But I tell you that story because many of us, while the script needed an actor, I was auditioning for the wrong part. Even though that's what I wanted to be, that wasn't the best like, version of me. That was outside of my limits. And so there's two things I want us to do today, and then we're going to give in. We're going to do some Holy Communion. But I really believe this message can really heal us today, really change our mindset today. 
Because for so many of us, we're auditioning for the wrong parts without knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. And so, number one, here's what I want you to do. Number one, I want you to accept our limitations. We need to accept our limitations. Psalms 115, verse 3. If I accept my limitations, you know what I'm really doing? If I accept my limitations, it says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. When I accept my limitations, I am not uh, compromising. Uh, I, I, am, I am not, you know, making excuses. But when I accept my limitations, I am trusting God. I am trusting that he fearfully and wonderfully made me. I am trusting that I'm not an oops, I'm not an accident. I am trusting that God does have an amazing plan for my life. And I want it to be his plan, not my like seductive plans. And so I, I trust God and all that he pleases. And, and I love this phrase, if you consider your limits as flaws or weaknesses, you will grow frustrated and angry instead of trusting that limits are actually a gift from God. They are gifts from God. But if we're too busy comparing, uh, comparing ourselves to other people or other things, we will grow frustrated and angry. So I got a list. You know, healthy humans, I tend to have a list of like five or six things or six to ten things. But here is why our limits are gifts from God. And I love this. It says they protect us so we don't hurt ourselves, others, or God's work. And protect us. Like, there's a, like, I protect you every single week by not singing on the worship team. You're welcome. <laughs> Got you. My ears. Number two, they keep us grounded and humble, reminding us that we are not in charge of running the world. Amen. We're not in charge of running the world. Uh, uh, even this week, I, uh, Pastor Lindsay said, will you cook dinner? And I said, got, got you, babe. And I said, I'm going to make this, like, this thing I saw on the internet and the recipes. And, and I grabbed this recipe, and we had all the ingredients at the house. And it was just this week. And, I, and, and, and the, the, the only problem was, like, 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 I was really going outside my limits of trying to cook several things at one time. Like, I could do hamburgers. Like, that's easy. You know, hamburgers on the grill, right? So I'm looking at a chef over here, you know? And so I had to, I had to prep things over here, and I had to cook something over here, and the instructions said, uh, heat up the pan, put olive oil in it, so I do that, and I'm chopping things, and I, and I just can't do five or six things at one time. I'm limited, okay? And so I, I went in there, and all of a sudden, the olive oil, I think it was, in the pan started smoking, and I couldn't see it because it was so clear, you know? And, and so all of a sudden, I'm cooking, and Lindsay's like, how's it going? I'm like, it's fine, you know? All of a sudden, our smoke detectors go off in the entire house. And so I'm like, da 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 And that, you know how it is? Like, they're loud. And so I'm trying to turn it off, and Levi's freaking out, running. He's like, fire! You know? And, and so I'm trying to turn the thing off, and the pan's still going off. And I turn on the microwave thing, and it's nuts. But guess what? I was limited but not restricted. That I still got the dinner made in Jesus' name, all right? Jesus' name. But how many of us were going outside of our limitations by trying to do multiple things at one time? So limits is a gift because they keep me grounded and humble and they remind me that my world's not going to fall apart if I'm not in charge. That's what it does. They break our self-will. Hallelujah. Yeah. They break our self-will. They are... God's means to give us direction if we'll listen. I love that because rooted is causing us to just spend some time with God, causing us to journal in our books. Number five, they are one of the primary ways we grow in wisdom. 
It's so interesting, when you embrace the gift of limits, you actually grow, you grow in wisdom. Number six, our limits are places we encounter God in ways that would otherwise be impossible. So how do I discover my, my gift of limits? Let me just write this down. Number one, what's my personality like? What's my personality like? It's what I love about um, understanding ourselves more, you know, whether it's, you know, different, like the disc test. Today uh, is Connect One Day taking place in our new Connect One Day room right around the corner. You all see it coming in? It is. And so we have 10 people already signed up for it. You don't have to sign up. You can just walk right in there after today's service. If you want to begin to realize who you are, learn more about our church, take a spiritual gifts test. But this is the question that we want everyone to answer in that class as well. What's my personality like? What am I like? Am I, are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? You know, like, like an extrovert right here, this, this here will supercharge me for the rest of the week. I am, I am, like tomorrow's my Rudy group, double portion, you know? I love it, right? For some introverts, you're like, dude, can you have, a, uh, can you have an online version, you know? Like, like, can you, like, you don't get energized by being around people. You could do it for a little bit, but then you get energized by being alone. So you may not want a ministry that's around people all the time, some of the time, but not all the time, because you have to understand what's my limits and my personality. I begin to realize I'm, I'm Jeremy Bosma when I'm on this platform. I'm, I'm the same, like I'm same today, yesterday, forever, you know. I'm the same on this platform, in, in, in the lobby, in my home, at the gym. I'm the same today, yesterday, forever, all right. Maybe at the gym I might be a little bit like, you know, but I'm still friendly. I'm still Jeremy. But I realized a long time ago, I'm not Joel Osteen. This is my Bible. I believe it says what it says. I'm not T.D. Jakes, although I want to be. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Hey, God's got a breakthrough. You know, like I don't, I wish. You know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I'm Jeremy Bosma. And can I tell you how freeing it is to preach in my limits? How free it is. It hurts a little bit when I don't like your preaching. Well, I don't like, no. <laughs> but that is why, let's go to Connect one day today. Yeah. Let's yeah. check it out. Yeah. Let's check it out. There's sometimes people go, I don't know what it's like. Well, I have seen people thrive in areas they never would have signed up for. Yeah. And also that leads to more than just a local church, more outreaches, more positions at work and their careers and what they can do. And so that's number one. What's my personality like? But number two, what's my season look like? What's my season look like? And many of us, we, we, have, we, have, we have different seasons. Some of us, we, we, I mean, quite honestly, some of us, we, it's hard fitting in church in our seasons, you know? I mean, what's, what's a season look like for you? Are you, are you a, a single parent? Are you getting married? Are you dating? Are you engaged? Are you, are you, um, you know, uh, um, recovering? Are you healing? You know, what, what season are you in? And we have to embrace those seasons. For us, our season is we are a five-year-old church. COVID took away two. We're three years old, okay? We are a five-year-old church. You know what we're going to do in this season? We're going to be as faithful as we can be, but we're also going to act our age. That's who we are as a church. I remember uh, in the lobby, remember when the lobby was split in half and we had Avenue kids in the lobby and we had coffee and it was like, welcome to Avenue Church. You'd be there, woo, woo, you know, like all the kids ministry in the lobby and it was just a, a little black curtain. Kids were escaping, you know, like get back, get back in there, you know, it's just a curtain, you know. And finally we outgrew that and now kids are over there in their own side, their own building and they're, they're doing great. 
And I remember somebody left our church, came back to visit, right? I love that person. By the way, we can still be friends if you leave the church. Just throwing that out there, okay? All right? Just throwing that out there, right? Where you been? I go somewhere else. Well, I'm a human being. You know, talk to me. Let's text me. Let's have a relationship. And that person came back, and he looked at the lobby with all the kids' stuff, and he saw the lobby, what it is today. Tears in his eyes. He turned at me and said, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I wanted to go somewhere else because I didn't see it here. What season are we in? It's just a season we're in. We're limited. Someday. Come on, somebody. Next year, maybe? Next year, you know. But also, the third question is, what's the limits of my time? What's the limits of my time? What's the limits of my time? What's, what's your time look like? What's your time look like? Somebody in, uh, in, a, in a rooted group said something really good this week, said, you know, a lot of times we are so busy and I get busy and just the pressure and anxieties of life. He goes, and this person said this, he said, but typically the first thing I cut is the easiest thing to cut and that is my relationship with Jesus. Like I cut church and I cut Bible reading and I cut prayer time with Jesus because I'm just, I'm so busy. And we cut it because it's the easiest thing to get rid of. Because we're just going to go, how many know? I've heard people time and time again say, I can't afford to get rid of that. I got to come to church. I got to read my word. I got to pray. But I'm going to give a really, a, probably a prophetic statement for somebody in this room, uh, even online, right? You can't do everything. You can't do, I'm going to say it louder for the folks in the back. You can do everything. You just can't. So we have to operate in our limits. Now I'm going to get in trouble. You might go to Connect one day, or you might be sitting here going, I'm, I'm, I'm about to, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble because I want you to be healthy, but I don't want you to be used and abused. And I, and it, ah, right? It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. Matter of fact, when, sometimes if you, if you give us a reluctant yes, but your heart is screaming no, and then you get involved, you will end up hating the local church. Because you weren't aware of your limits in your time and in your season. I want you healthy. I want this to be a marathon. I want us to love Jesus, serve the local church, make an impact in our city in the long haul. But for some, you might have to say this. Instead of just saying no, because that hurts my feelings, okay? You're like, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you might have to say this. I'm not busy. I'm limited. I am not busy. I am limited. Young adults, you're trying to get school done. You're trying to work a full-time job. Your buddies come out and say, let's have another dinner on another night. You might just have to say, I'm not busy. I'm just limited. I'm just limited. And here's the next question is, what are the limits of my emotional, physical, and intellectual capacities? What are those limits that I have? And in, instead of explaining this, I want to read this. This is so good. Anger, depression, and fears often functions as check oil lights for it to slow us down, informing us that something's not right on the inside of the engine of our lives. This is the one key way God stops me. He limits the pace of my life. And he gets my attention. We expect far too much from ourselves, and often we live frustrated, disappointed, even angry lives as a result. In fact, much of burnout is a result of giving what we do not possess. 
giving what we do not possess. Just this, what, several months ago, uh, my truck said, get your engine oil fixed or checked. So I go to Mighty get my engine oil changed. Thank you so much. And I drive off. All of a sudden, the truck starts kind of, you know, moving and juking. And all of a sudden, it says, uh, check engine, check engine, check engine. And I'm going, what's going on here? And I pulled over immediately, and I turned it off. And all of a sudden, the truck's literally like, you will, I'm turning off. I'm turning off. And my truck's old, you know what I mean? So I was like, is this a Tesla? You know, like... The 2013, you know, and it just, you know, da 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 and, and all of a sudden, I, I, I was like, I don't know what to do. I tried to turn it on. I checked the oil, no oil, and I just got the oil changed. So I'm calling Meineke. I'm doing this. What's going on? We put oil in there. What's going on? All these different things. Find a great mechanic. Get it towed to the mechanic, and the mechanic said, well, did you, your check engine light turn on? Yes, it turned on several times, you know, like, like, didn't you do this? Yes, I did the obvious thing, but I later learned out that the lifters in my engine were releasing how much oil needed to go in the engine, and because they were malfunctioning, it was draining all of my oil. In just one drive, all my oil would get dumped out. So I was like, that's what that was, you know? But for so many of us, we're ignoring the check oil light in our spirit. But the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, 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 hey. But we're going, no, 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 no. I can hashtag hustle. I can hashtag, I got, I'm hashtag Superman, Superwoman, hashtag Wonder Woman, She-Hawk. Uh, you know, Wonder, I am, I'm just hashtag, I, I, I can do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do all things through Christ within your gift of limits. Within your gift of limits. So number one is, what limits do I need to accept? And number two, and I'm closing here, which limits do I need to break through? What limits do I need to break through? Because, because there's kind of two limitations real quick. There's a mature limitation, and there's also an immature limitation. Yeah. And an immature limitation is a false limit. It's a false limit. I am, I'm an extrovert. Woo! Like, I'm going to be at the party. But I can't plan the party. Pastor Lindsay said, no, I can't plan the party. I'm like, I'll, I'll have pizza, maybe. I mean... But like, Pastor Lindsay, she'll have like good food and plates and napkins. But if I threw a party, it'll just be, there'll be no food, there'll be no plates, there'll be no napkins. I'll just, ah, you know, like, let's do this. I'll have music maybe, or a game to play, but nothing else. When I first started this church, and all of a sudden, you know, Pastor Lindsay, when we started this church, she, she was working at another church. She was, she was like part-time there, and then even part-time with a lawyer, and coming together and trying to figure out how to start a church. And I very well could have said, you know what? I just can't. I can't do that. I'm not organized. I don't need to write up bylaws. I don't need to develop budgets. I, I just can't. This is my limitation. But I began to realize through the power of the Holy Spirit, I had to break through those limitations because they were actually false limitations or immature uh, limitations. For some, when we hold on these, when we say, Pastor, I love number one, accept my limits. Mm. Oh, you just freed up like 50 hours in my week. Like, I don't need a job because it's going beyond my limits. You need, listen, here's the word of the Lord. You need a J-O-B, whether you like it or not. Just throwing that out there. You need to break through that. I just want to be YouTube famous. But here's my question. Are my limits who I truly am, or are they just excuses? Oh, you like that, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe 11 a.m. will close. <laughs> but are limits who I truly am, or are they just excuses? 
So I want to ask you this question today. It's not just what limits do I need to break through, but what limits do I need to grow through? What limits do I need to grow through? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not them who's stunting your growth. Maybe it's you. And, and maybe you're in this room today, so how do I know which ones to accept and which ones to grow through? That's the Holy Spirit's job. And we got to spend time with him. To say, Holy Spirit, which ones are, 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 remember, limits are who I am. But man, who, can, who, who you want me to be? So I want you to accept your God-given limits and grow through your false limits. Worship team, come on up here. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a story. In just a moment, I want you to get your communion ready. But he, he does a, a parable. And he said, there's a, a man going on a journey, called the servants, called three servants. One servant, he said, hey, I'm going to give you five talents. Another one, two, another one, one. So five, two, and then one. Matthew chapter 25. He goes away for a very long time, comes back. So it wasn't a short time, it was a very long time, comes back. To the five, the five said, Master, I took your five talents, I went and I, I duplicated them, now I, now, I, now I give you 10, I give you 10. The one with, with two talents, I had two, but I went away, I doubled them, and now instead of two, you now have four. And then the last one said, well, Pastor, I knew, uh, Pastor, you know, Master, Master, I knew you to be a very, very hard man. So I took your one and just buried it into the ground. I protected it, kept it safe, but boom, here it is. Here's your one back. And he gets upset and he goes, why are you, how dare you? You should, you could at least put it in the bank. You could have got interest. You could have, it could have been like 1.1 or 1.2, 1.5 or even two. But instead you bury it in the ground. But here's what I felt was interesting. Those talents represents money. And sometimes we use that as like giftings. So whether it's money or giftings, but I love this. I want to add a third one. He gave limits. He says, you get five, you get two, you get one. Doesn't mean the one's better, or the five's better than the one. Or the two's better than the one, but he gave them limits. Five, two, and one. So the one that came back, he said, you know, uh, master said, good job. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you up over, over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He was limited, not restricted. Limited, not restricted. I want to put this slide up. Jesus didn't focus on their limits. He focused on what they had. Focus on what they had. Sometimes, sometimes we, we, we lust and focus and compare to what we don't have or to who we're not. Instead of saying, Jesus, thank you for making me who I am. Thank you for giving me the gift of limits. Because when I... I we feel limited when we step outside of who we are. That's when you really begin to feel, I'm so limited. Well, get back and be, be who you are. And, yeah. So if you get your communion out, I love that. Yeah, I need one. Just throw it up here. Throw Jesus up here. Pastor. Hey, just being who I am right now. But I love... That although John the Baptist, as wild as he was, he, he showed some incredible health in that moment. When he said, that's Jesus. I'm not the Christ. I'm limited, and that's a gift. I'm not restricted. 
But Jesus very well, he lived on this planet within limits. Jesus limited himself. He certainly wasn't restricted. And I love what Jesus says. He, he calls his disciples. He's about to go get betrayed. And Jesus said, when the, when the hour came, he reclined at the table. The apostles were with him. And he said, guys, listen, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. In the Passover, what he was talking about was the fourth cup. They had four cups in the Passover. And that fourth cup was the, was the cup of like redemption. The, the, uh, you know, the, the, like we're going to be in heaven and, and we have the victory. And what Jesus was saying in this moment was, I am, I am limiting myself from getting ahead of myself. I need to die on the cross and suffer first. That was his limits he placed in his life. But I tell you, I will not eat of it until it is fulfilled at the right time in the kingdom of God. So he took the bread. When he gave it thanks, he broke it. He gave it to them saying, this is my body, which was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this remembrance of me. When we take communion today, I'm going to ask first thing, first and foremost, for us to ask Jesus to forgive us. Ask Jesus to forgive us. But when I take communion, I'm going to see if I got it here, huh? Do I have it in here? I'm missing something. When I take communion, it helps me to remember that I'm limited that God is unlimited. Helps me to focus my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, who I am. And so what I want us to do in just a moment, we'll lead you in the communion, we're gonna about to eat. This represents the body of Christ, this represents the blood of Jesus. That he was beaten and bruised on a cross, and by his stripes we are healed. But just a moment, I want you to Put a phrase down, maybe in your mind or in paper or even online, you can write it down. But instead of saying, I'm limited, not restricted, I want you to take out restricted for me this morning. And I want you to put in that one word that you've been beating yourself over. I want you to put in that one word, say, I'm limited, but I'm not useless. You know, I, I'm limited, but I'm not handicapped. I'm limited, but I'm not. I want you to fill in the blank this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to say, that's not, it's not a curse, it's a blessing. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use you. So every head bowed, every eye closed, just take a moment. Worship team, just play beautifully. Spouse, please keep your eyes closed. I'm not going to have you repeat a prayer today, but if you want to give your life to Jesus, and you're saying, Jesus, I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I repent of my sins, be Lord of my life. I don't want to live with the gifts of your limits. 
If that's you today, just put a hand up, just so I know. Just put a hand up, just put a hand up. Yep, I see it, 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 I see it. It's a lot of hands, I see it, yep, I see it. Anyone else, anyone else? It's a lot of hands, friends. It's just right here in your seat, I just want you to say, Jesus, forgive me. You be the Lord of my life. You be the Lord of my life. You be the Lord of my life. Forgive me for comparison. <laughs> Forgive me for being a masterpiece, comparing myself to another masterpiece, when uniquely I'm, I'm the reason I'm your masterpiece. The night you were betrayed, you broke the bread. You said, friends, I'm dying on the cross for you. Fix your eyes on me, remember me. I will heal you and I will touch you. We take the bread, eat the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you. You could have gotten off that cross at any moment. You could have said, this is past my limitations, I'm done. But Father, you chose to die for us. You chose to bleed out for us. By your stripes, we are healed today. So Jesus, I thank you that many of us, myself included, we have such a revelation that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. That God, we are your masterpiece. That God, you've done something unique inside of us. The people in this church are gonna flourish because we're no longer looking outside, but we're looking inside. And God, you're gonna do something powerful inside of us. So Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for making us healthy. Thank you for saving us, healing us, restoring us. In Jesus' name, will you drink of the cup? Come on, worship team. Come on, everyone. Will you step and be pleased?